Hello, hello everyone, and welcome. I'm your host, Ariane the Alchemist. I'm a tarot reader, an astrologer, and a psycho-spiritual guide, and you are currently listening to the 73rd episode of the Neptunian Serenity Podcast. In today's episode, we'll be doing a reading, especially for the sign of Libra, Sun, Moon, Rising, and the theme of this reading will be courage. So welcome, my beautiful Libras. I hope you're well. Thank you for being here, and as usual, I hope you're as excited for this reading as I am, because I definitely am. So this is your installment in my series of Courage Readings. If you don't know how we do things over here at the podcast, you just need a little reminder. Every single month, I make a series of 12 readings, one for each, well, 12 episodes, one for each zodiac sign, and within that episode, we do a tarot reading that is... um specifically about a certain topic and every month we you know we do a reading for each sign on the same topic but we have a new monthly theme every time we have a new series which means and since these readings are for sun moon rising that means that you get up to three monthly readings and although there's always something a bit similar about each reading because of the format because of my style there's always different messages coming through for different people and also it's always a bit different because we have different themes to explore together so it always keeps it fun and a bit different so <clears throat> if you like that if you like my style definitely follow the podcast for more and also these themes that we choose every month, like this this month the theme is courage, as I said, these are not chosen at random, these are chosen intuitively, and also they always have to do with the current zodiac season that we're in. So for example, right now using tropical astrology, it's Aries season when I'm recording this, and so courage is a theme strongly associated with the archetype of Aries, so that's why I chose it this month this is already the sixth series of the kind on the podcast and we've been so we've been doing that for um six months already so last month we did a different series with a piscean theme in honor of pisces season and then the month before that we did a uh, a series with an aquarian theme for aquarius season and on and on okay so go check that out if you're curious and follow for more to see what new themes i come up with for the next few months and zodiac seasons coming forward um, because we're not stopping anytime soon. I love doing these and um, the rhythm of creation for them is really sustainable for me. And so, which is why it's just, it's really easy for me to keep creating these. But okay. Yeah, so this is what we do on the podcast, these series. And this is just the free content because if you like what we do, follow. You can become a follower. If you love what we do, you can become a subscriber and... <laughs> get even more content if you follow the link in the description of the episode that says becoming a subscriber and you subscribe for 15 canadian dollars a month you can get you get up to three to four hours of additional content at least okay sometimes it's more and this content it's um we do pick up house so it's a different format and also you get to request certain topics that you would like to see in these readings, which is really a perk I don't, I never usually offer otherwise. So there's already a bunch of content for my subscribers up if you want to access it. This month we did a pick a pile in honor of air season all about creation. We asked things like what are you meant to create? What is blooming within you right now? And how can you make more space for your creative self? What wants to shine brighter within you? And uh, yeah, since these, since these are not zodiac based, you can even listen to multiple piles if you feel drawn to them and also for my subscribers anytime I do like a sometimes I do like some kinds of 
spontaneous reading like i feel called to do a reading but i don't feel called to do a reading of the, of the series i'm currently doing or i do like a draft of something and, and i wanted to uh i plan on on adding to it but then i'm like no actually like i'm just gonna leave it at that all those kind of little special spontaneous things that i do i keep those for my subscribers so if you want to access that you know what to do but let's focus on my well on your courage reading since that's why you're here what is a courage reading? Well, essentially, we're just going to be making some space for spirit to come through and give you a message about this topic of courage, this archetype of courage. How is it showing up in your life? How does it want to show up in your life? Do you need to maybe uh, tweak your, 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 your perspective a bit on what courage actually is, what it isn't, whether you're a courageous person? Spirit might want to come through and help you celebrate where you have been courageous or it might want to tell you where you will still need to be courageous to get where you want to be. Okay, so that's kind of the gist of it. If that sounds intriguing and fun and you're curious about it, and keep listening because we're going to get into it right away, right now. let's get into your reading shall we i'm excited so the first thing we're going to uh do we're going to start with is this one pre-pulled card i pre-pulled just one card for you i mean that's i've been doing that for this series of courage readings um it is a crystal card from the mystic monday's crystal grid deck and we're going to uncover together what crystal it is because I'm only seeing the side of the card where there's like an actual picture or imagery of the crystal. We're going to discover it together, um, see what it is and what it does, what are its meanings and symbolisms and all that kind of beautiful stuff. And when I pulled this card, I simply asked, where do you need to be most courageous right now? So let's see. Your stone is a beautiful, it's more square shape, but it's a beautiful kind of forest green color. Aha! I was wondering if that's what, what it was. Um, it is the emerald. I was thinking, oh, is that an emerald? But I wasn't sure, and I don't know all the green crystals that well, so I didn't say anything, but beautiful. Um, <laughs> precious stone. So some keywords of the emerald are spring, unity, and vitality. Well, it has been recently the sort of spring, right? So that's nice. And some astrological correspondences on the card are Sagittarius, Venus, and Mars. And it says, Lush and reminiscent of the green of spring, emerald is known as the stone of successful love. Oh, stimulating loyalty, partnership, and friendship. Emerald opens the heart chakra, healing the auric field with unconditional love, hope, and joy. With exuberance and a lust for life, the emerald is a sign for new beginnings and a fresh step in life, radiating health, prosperity, and vitality. Grow in the direction of your dreams and nurture yourself along the way. You deserve the riches that life has to offer you. Beautiful. I love this. Okay. So a Libra reading about love. I mean, on brand. <laughs> right? Um, but it's interesting that we pulled this one during a courage reading so i mean it's not I, no yeah it's interesting i didn't say it was weird or paradoxical so don't have to correct myself there um yeah so maybe this is a maybe new love has entered your life a new uh, potential partner or will soon and um maybe you have all kinds to, of things to maybe heal or look within about 
um, when it comes to yourself and your own journey to feel like you are able to to accept such love but um let's pull more cards to see what's going on here i don't want to make too many hypotheses with just this one card okay so the decks i'm going to be using for you uh not right now i'm using just one but in the reading um are the moonchild tarot the tarot of the divine the spirit animal oracle the moonology oracle and the threads of fate oracle okay Ooh, oh my gosh are you fucking kidding me <laughs> no fucking way so i'm using the moonchild tarot first as you heard i just did one little movement of the cards and guess what card came out the fucking ace of cups yeah mm-hmm mm -hmm. okay yeah this is <laughs> this is so straightforward literally exactly the same fucking thing new beginnings in love or potential um partnership no way oh my gosh okay um well it's very clear so there's no um Ooh, interesting okay this is very very clearly about some kind of romantic situation there's no hesitation on that i feel like the way this came through so strongly is a sign that like i don't need to try to make space for all kinds of different hypotheses and different um interpretations which sometimes i do but this is so like to the point it's very like crystal clear um yeah let's pull some clarifiers so this is this is fun i mean i think this is a, a fun topic if this is going to be encouraging maybe this feels maybe the idea of love or being in a relationship is a bit scary for you i'm sure we're gonna honor that as well um but i'm excited <laughs> whoa okay that was intense oh there's another card underneath this okay well there you go we get all of our cards okay bottom of the deck six of pentacles in reverse and the empress okay interesting um top of the deck judgment in reverse i don't always mention that but i do like to look um so ace of cups obviously that's in the in the center of your reading clarified by the six of swords then you have you do have a lot of reversals um otherwise which is okay and something i'm noticing sorry mini burp um you have nine of cups in reverse clarified by the knight of cups in reverse aha this is nine of cups clarified by the knight of cups yeah i kind of when i say them sometimes it's a bit similar interesting Eight of Pentacles in reverse, clarified by the Hanged Man in reverse, which obviously makes him look upright, which is always weird and funny. Uh, to me, more so confusing, maybe not weird and funny, but <laughs> the Lovers in reverse, which that was the second card that came out, actually. Lovers in reverse, clarified by the Page of Swords. And lastly, the Eight of Wands, clarified by the Three of Wands. And the Three of Wands kind of came out um, abruptly. Yeah, it was kind of intense when it came out. And um, it came out like vigorously and it flipped because i think in the deck it was in reverse the way that i was holding the deck but it wanted to come upright so it had to like flip do this whole do all of this all of this effort just for that okay i'm kidding um <laughs> so okay mm -hmm. so obviously new love let's see what's up something i'm noticing as well is that you have two eights 
I don't know why that's standing out to me. Eight of Pentacles in reverse and then the Eight of Wands upright. Um, yeah, you have a lot of reversals, but your two Wands cards are upright. The Eight of Wands and the Three of Wands. So passion and friendship, I feel like, are things that you are potentially more open to compared to things like sentimentality, emotional intimacy, commitment. Maybe these things are a bit more ugh, to you right now. That's okay. Yeah. Friendship definitely, you know, the fact that this whole friendship keeps coming up and we even read it in, in your emerald stone, right? Um, yeah, the stone of successful love, stimulating loyalty, partnership, and friendship. I don't think this is saying that like this reading could be 100% um could be a, could like apply to a different situation for someone where it was 100% platonic i think this is saying like either this new love could come from your friend group or well i don't know if you have a friend group um that's not the case for for everybody that's okay but it could be someone that you're already friends with or this is someone that would be both like a life partner and someone that feels like your bestie or you're going to really take your time together when you meet even if you feel strongly about one another or a strong pull towards each other you're going to take it slow and develop a friendship before um it's all about romance because i feel like that could have been there's just the fact that friendship keeps coming up both in the actual cards and also in my intuition the word friendship um i feel like that's really important and as we see here, the Three of Wands to me is a lot about friendship, especially the way it's illustrated in this card. And this is the card that came out kind of dramatically, right? It came out quickly, it's upright, all of that stuff with the Eight of Wands. So to me, it feels like what I'm seeing with that is romantic intimacy might feel overwhelming or scary to you at this time, but I feel like friendship, a, f a friendly type of intimacy is something that you're okay with. I think that you do have multiple friends. Um, and that you have really close uh, relationships with them, or at least you're you're or you're able to have that. You're open to having that. You know, the idea of meeting a new friend or befriending someone new—that's something that's genuinely exciting for you. It's not something that where a lot of fears, a ton of fears, come up, or that you feel is something that you can't do or that you can't have. Um, it's fun, right? It's fun. You're focusing on yourself and the other person. The chemistry is off the charts when you're into the same interest and there's just something that clicks, right? You're able to experience all of that in a platonic way. Um, and that feels safe to you. But when it comes to romantic relationship, there is, there are blockages. And obviously that could be 100% related to negative experiences of the past, but and also not but but and also i think one of the issues in your past relationship or relationships i don't know if there's one or multiple ones but any kind of negative experience that might have led you to be like i'm not getting into a relationship again after this shit um you're gonna know what i'm talking about okay if this reading is for you um and if you're already in a relationship i don't think this reading is for you um, unless it's like you're already kind of breaking up or you're like, I don't know. I don't think this reading is for you. Feel free to check out your other signs. 
but um, I'm going to do the reading as if you're single. Um, or I don't know, maybe you're poly and looking for another partner, but even that, I don't think so. Because I think you're close off to love, at least in your heart, you have a lot of fears around love. So it, it, yeah, no, I think you're single. So, okay, I'm going to read it that way. I think one of the issues, um, and that might, that might not even be something that's conscious for you right now, because obviously if you have had negative experiences in past relationships, you can think of a lot of things that went wrong or that weren't okay or that weren't ideal or that weren't healthy in, in those examples, right? But I think one of the core issues was that you weren't friends with this person. That was actually one of the core issues. This person was only your, I don't know, boyfriend, girlfriend, um, spouse, husband, wife, partner, you know, whatever, right? This person was only, you only had like a romantic connection with them. And potentially sexually, of course, but um, I think those two went together for you and I'm not really getting messages about sexuality right now so I don't feel the need to bring that up but um if we do later then I'll bring it up but just romantically speaking I feel like that was the only foundation of your connection to this other person or other people in the past friends and partner were two very separate things for you maybe even you would never hang out with both your friends and your partner because, I don't know, maybe for you it wasn't like two worlds that you should mix. Or you weren't friends enough with your partner to feel comfortable with them in that kind of situation. Or your friends didn't like your partner. Or your partner didn't like your friends. Or both. I don't know. Um, but I feel like you were two completely different, not different people, but two very different sides of yourself when you were with your partner compared to when you were with your friends. And that is, and I feel like, because I feel like that's part of the issue. I feel like one of the reasons why you're closed off to love right now is because you're like the person that I become when I'm with, when I'm in a relationship, I don't like that person or that person doesn't bring me joy or isn't healthy for me. And I want you to change your perspective on this because this is not fully accurate. First of all, you are always all of yourself, of course, in different situations and around different people. We have different parts of ourselves, different parts of ourselves that kind of come up to the surface and sometimes take the lead. But um, you're always all of yourself. You can always tap back into all of yourself. So that quote unquote person you become in a relationship, all those traits and sides of yourself are within yourself, even when you're single and the way that you are, the person to kind of take on the same words, because I'm assuming that's how you think, right? The person you are when you're single, which you seem to like better than the person you are in a relationship. You can be that person. You can bring in that person in a relationship. The question is how, right? Um, yeah, I feel like you don't like the person you become in a relationship, but this isn't something that is like unchangeable that's not something that's set in stone it's not like every time you're a partner to someone else you are like this and it's very like set in stone and that's always going to be the case where with everyone and any relationship that you're in doesn't matter who the other person is doesn't matter if the bond is different doesn't matter if your story is different 
when you're in a relationship with them, like the story of your relationship, it's like, you think when I am a girlfriend, boyfriend, partner, whatever, that's just seems to be who I become. And it seems like some kind of, um, <laughs> I'm seeing, um, <laughs> like some sort of, um, I don't know where that's from, you know, sometimes in like superhero shows where like the superhero just like transforms like magically into their superhero costume and it's like that's it that's who I am now this like that's a vibe um but that's not what that's not true at all I think like you're taking a lot of things for granted in the sense that I think you're assuming that a lot of things are set in stone and are just objective truths when they are not at all and this new person who comes into your life or who's already into your life but you're going to develop a new kind of relationship with them I think most of you, this is going to be a completely new person, but this is, this person is going to challenge your beliefs about yourself, about who you, you as a partner, who you could be in a relationship, about what relationships could be like, about what love can be like, because I think that, I think that in past relationships, you never felt like you could be fully yourself with the other person and that's the fucking problem of course you're not going to enjoy being in a relationship with them if you feel like you are trying to make yourself palatable to them when you are in their presence if you feel like you're trying to gain their approval or just to keep the peace or something like that um and that's exactly why you feel you feel good with your friends because you are you feel comfortable and safe being yourself around your friends but that's never been the case with past partners when it comes to romantic relationships. But the thing is, and that, okay, yeah, that makes so much sense. The reason why this person, this new partner is probably going to start out as a friend is because you need that right now to open up to someone and truly bond with someone. It might even be someone that you... I think, yeah, I think yeah, you're not seeing this coming. I think you might even meet someone new and you're never, or, or you have met them and you never think that you would date them. You just become friends with them and then a few weeks or a few months in, you're like, oh shit, I'm like low-key in love with them or I kind of like them or they tell you that they like you and then you realize that you like them and you're like, wait, hold on, I thought we were just friends. What the hell? But then it kind of makes you freak out because to you, romantic relationships, your brain is like, no, danger, danger. Your body is like, no, we're not going there. But then you're going to be confused because you're going to be like, but I feel good around them. We laugh together. I can be my weirdo self around them and they like it. They just laugh. And I don't even, I'm not even trying to look pretty or look handsome or be docile when I'm around them and they like me. Um, or we like the same interests or something like that. And so there's parts of your brain that are going to be confused because it's not going to understand how this all ties in together, how that person can have seen all those parts of you and still want you romantically and sexually and how you can, you're going to be like, but are you my friend or are you my partner? I feel like that's going to be something that is actually going to be a dilemma for you when this happens when you get to the point where you you realize that you like them or they confess to you or it just kind of comes on topic that you could be perhaps together romantically. But the thing is, you don't have to choose. And you can have a, a romantic relationship that feels like friendship most of the time. I feel like that's the part that you don't get. Mm-hmm. 
You can be in a relationship that feels like a friendship most of the time. That's really what this is about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I yeah, there's definitely a whole thing here about like not having been yourself in past relationships and also like silencing yourself with this lovers in reverse clarified by the page of swords. I feel like you were I'm hearing put down in the sense of like you were encouraged oh my god, I don't want to say that spirit. I know I don't like how this is coming through. I'm hearing and I'm sorry, I hope this isn't triggering. Encouraged to shut up. So yeah, gross, ew, ew, ew. But um you're definitely discouraged from speaking up. Let's just say that. Quite actively by past partners. I feel like this is a mix of different things. It's because I feel like it's not just It's not just your past partners that are at, at fault for the way that you see love today. I feel like it's a mix of your past experiences with these people or this person. And also, I think when you were young, like when you were a child and then a teenager, I think you were taught, I think directly, I think your parents or guardians probably like sat you down and were like, in a relationship, this is the kind of person you need to be and the kind of person you shouldn't be. I think I think that happened, which is kind of wild to me. Sometimes, usually it's sometimes it's a bit more indirect, but I feel like that happened to you. Like you were given, like you were given an instruction manual that was really faulty and really toxic, and essentially told you that um, you shouldn't be yourself in love either because no one should ever be themselves in love and always play a part, or because who you were was specifically inadequate perhaps for society, but especially in romantic relationships to please the other person, to kind of carry on this whole perfect heteronormative image of a man and a woman are opposites who complete one another. And the man works and the woman cooks for him and everything works perfectly and everyone is super happy. Like, no thank you. Um, And it's totally okay if you're straight, but you can be straight without... um, Without being heteronormative, uh-huh, who would have known, who would have thought, right? <laughs> um, yeah, so there's something about you being taught that you shouldn't be yourself in relationships, which actually led to like a self-fulfilling prophecy of getting into really bad relationships because, I mean, obviously you were really young and you we all trust our parents and our guardians um, and, and what they tell us about what life is like and how to act right when we're very young that's normal so you kind of were like okay you kind of you took that as a truth which we all do right but what happened is when you started dating around going going on dates with people you were already masking who you truly are so the only people who were able to like fall in love with you or develop feelings for you were not loving you truly who you really are you could when you were in that mindset in that kind of strategy of attracting someone you could like there are many people in the world that will love you exactly as you are that will fall in love with you exactly as you are authentically okay i hope that you know that maybe you know that logically but you don't fully believe it in your heart which if that's the case i feel like this new person is going to change that around (laughs) but um 
those people who love exactly what you are, they couldn't find you if you were hiding. So people who were attracted to you were attracted to that false persona that you were putting up that wasn't you at all. So yeah, maybe you were quote unquote successful in getting a man, a woman, um, a partner, but you weren't, you weren't successful in the sense that you were happy in your relationship or that you felt love in your relationship, that you felt like your needs were uh, fulfilled in a relationship or your desires, because it, it, it wasn't, they weren't. Because you were only attracting people that were so wildly incompatible with you and your true desires and your true needs and your true wants and your the lifestyle you want to have and your perhaps your belief system, right? All those, those kinds of things that are like super important to, com- com- to compatibility and that we often have with our friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, and so I think that you left these past relationships at one point and I mean it was really painful, potentially traumatizing those past relationships or past relationship. So obviously it made sense that you were like, I'm not getting into a relationship, at least not now. I feel like that was a while ago. I feel like you have Time has healed some wounds, others not necessarily, but that's okay. There are some wounds that will never fully heal in our lifetime, and that's okay. We shouldn't, like, stop living our life because of that. But um, time has passed. You kind of have left your wounds, right? Tended to yourself. I feel like you've been focusing on you, your own well-being, and you have deepened emotional intimacy with many of your friends because you have started prioritizing friendship as something really important for you and not just subpar to romantic relationships which is probably something that you were taught as well like we are in a very like especially here in the west like we are so i I just hate this whole hierarchy of like romantic relationships are supposed to be so much stronger and so much more meaningful than friendships because sometimes they aren't at all and also why do we have to rank them like i don't know that just pisses me off so you probably taught that as well so but since you've been single you've been able to prioritize your friends more and I really think that you have many beautiful friendships. There's at least like two or three people that you're like really close to and you feel like you can really be yourself around them and you've been friends with them for a while so you really know each other quite well and you can both like have really silly moments with them and also have like deep conversations about like how you're feeling and that kind of stuff, what's on your mind. So that's that's really, really great. And you trust them. That's also something important. You trust them to keep your secrets. You trust them to um, see yourself in a a compassionate light, regardless of what happens. And all those things are possible with a romantic partner. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, wow. What a reading. Okay. (laughs) Let's pull more cards now feels right so what exactly i'm pulling some cards from the tarot of the divine now what exactly are some potential challenges or fears that libra here will have to overcome or work on to be well able to welcome this beautiful love into their life that's what i feel like asking okay oh many cards coming out at once but too many so no but thank you 
Aha. Interesting. Okay. Bottom of the deck, the star in reverse. Yeah, some of you have been celibate by choice for a long time. Um, and maybe you even have, like, it's... Some of you have a mindset of, like, I'm, I'll never get into a relationship again because of how much you've been hurt and how much you don't believe in that stuff. Maybe you even became super pessimistic about relationships, like it's always fake. Or I could, or, you know, even if you believe other people can have great relationships, you, you kind of think I can't have that because I'm just, my life is just shitty like that. Or that's just who I am or I'm not lovable or whatever it is, right? Which that's a cognitive distortion. It's never all black and all white. But, um... If you have this mindset of like, I'll never get into a relationship again, I just want to say this might have become an ego-tied thing, almost like a challenge. I feel like you're kind of defiant with that. Um, and this is really just being like in warrior mode to protect your heart, right? But um, yeah, please don't turn away this beautiful person who wants to love you just because, oh, but what about my celibacy streak or everyone knows i'm celibate or everyone knows around me knows that i've been talking shit about relationships what would it look like if i get into one it's really not as big of a deal as you think it's gonna be please allow yourself to be happy please don't let your ego stop you okay yeah it's okay to admit i was wrong or maybe i can make changes please allow yourself to change your mind if that's the thing because some of you could be very like set in stone about this and Nothing in, in, in life is set in stone. So don't limit yourself. Top of the deck, nine of cups. Again, beautiful happiness. Okay, so we pulled justice, <laughs> the Libra card, um, the four of swords, the ace of cups in reverse, and the knight of cups upright. And that's interesting because in your other cards, you had the ace of cups upright and the knight of cups in reverse. Now you have both of them, but... Now the Ace of Cups is in reverse and the Knight of Cups is upright. Um, but okay, and you know what we're going to do? I'm so excited for this part. Um, this Tarot of the Divine, if you don't know, this is a tarot deck where on every card there's an illustration that is connected to a different fairy tale myth or legend from around the world. And maybe you, if you are a listener of the podcast, maybe you've heard me complain about this deck before because, I mean, it's beautiful. I'm not complaining about that. But I was always disappointed that um, the full stories that they're based on are not included in the booklet of the deck. Um, but while doing some research, I found out that the creator of the deck actually published a separate book with all of the stories in it and now I get it because I understand some people could be into the stories without like reading tarot so I understand the the logic now behind it but I still wish there was some kind of deluxe edition with both of them included like the stories included in the deck or something but that's okay um and yeah so I was super excited when I found that out and I actually recently a few days ago got my or maybe a week ago I don't know time but I recently got my hands on the freaking book. I bought it. I have it. Yay! So, you know what we're going to do? We're going to read the stories of these beautiful cards. Yay! And I'm super excited for that. So, I'm looking for your first story, which is connected to the um, Justice card. And I found it right when I said that. So, this is Amheng Osa, which is a Korean legend. 
It says the Amheng Osa, or secret royal inspectors, were real historical figures appointed by the king with the power to punish the corrupt and promote the deserving. They would secretly enter provinces and use their undercover identities to investigate government officials. They would then reveal themselves with their mape, the medallions that proved their dominion. With while real, they were popularized in dramas and literature, even during the Joseon period, and became mythologized. One of the most famous tales is the story of Chun Chun Hyang. In this tale, the handsome Yi Meng Hyung fell in love with and married the beautiful Chun Hyung. Unfortunately, he had to move to Seoul to train to become an Amheng Osa, just as a new government official, the vile Pion took control of the area. Chun Hyung vowed to wait patiently for Yi Mun Ryong and gave him a ring to remember her by. But when he had gone, the greedy Pion attempted to add the lovely Chun Hyung to his courtesan party. Chun Hyung tried to rebuff Pion's advances, which enraged the pompous man, and he imprisoned her. Meanwhile, Yi Mun Ryong passed the Amheng Osa test and secretly returned to the village to find the mess Pion had created. Yi Mun Ryong remained undercover as a beggar and learned about Pion's crimes, such as neglecting his duties, throwing lavish parties, and generally abusing his power to terrify the populace. Then, at Pion's birthday party, just as the government official was about to punish the loyal Chun Hyang, Yi Mung Ryong revealed himself to be a secret Amheng Osa and condemned Pion for all his wrongdoing. Pion was then deposed and a new and just official given the position. Meanwhile, Chun Hyung, happy to be rescued, did not initially recognize Yi Mung Ryong and rejected his affections. It was only when he returned her ring to her that she realized who he was. Chun Hyung was overjoyed and the couple lived happily ever after. Oh, okay. Interesting that we get a love story. So the imagery on the the card, which I love this freaking book because now I have the imagery on an even bigger format, um, shows him, the Yi Meng Ryong, uh, showing his medallion to prove that he is part of the Amheng Osa. And behind him, he also has like a sword and is dressed in like traditional Korean clothing. And behind him, there's like a temple. So it's really nice. Um... So this is a story of faith, right? This is also a story of perseverance and um, also of ingenuity, right? Finding solutions when everything seems hopeless, finding solutions when you think that you are powerless and having faith that if you trust someone, if they tell you that they're going to take care of you, that they will come back to you, that they will... um, they will make sure that you are safe to be able to trust that because they will come back in the end even if it takes a long time right and they will stand up for you so yeah if this story kind of made you think of anything else please trust your own intuition as well regarding that but when we pulled these cards we asked like what fears or challenges will you have to maybe um overcome and be courageous about to welcome in this new love so yeah, okay, let's get on to the next story. If there's anything that kind of ties into it as well, I'll mention it, but let's get to the Four of Swords. So it's just going to be a matter of finding it. There you go. This is Fen- Fenrir, or Fenrir. 
This is from Norway, specifically from Norse mythology. In Asgard, the shapeshifter and trickster Loki, who was an, oh god, Aesir, or Norse god, I'm sorry about the mispronunciations of all of these, by the way, obviously, um, had three children by Angboda, a female Yurtun, or troll. These children were the gigantic snake Jormungandr, I have no idea, the ghoulish-looking woman Hel, and the terrifying wolf Fenwer. The ruling gods of Asgard soon discovered these children and soon discovered these children and feared them not only for their own terrible power, but also for their troll mother and worse still their trickster father. The gods prophesied that they would cause much mischief and destruction. Odin, the leader of the gods, brought the three children before him. He cast Jormungandr into the sea and sent Hel to rule the cold wasteland called Niflheim. But Odin knew Fenrir would need to be dealt with differently. The prophecies had foretold that Fenrir would overthrow Odin and cause Ragnarok, or the end of the world. The gods kept Fenrir close, but each day he ate more and grew bigger and bigger until they worried they could no longer constrain him. The gods devised a plan to trap the wolf. They approached him with a fetter. Yeah, is that how it's pronounced? Saying they wished to test his strength. Fenrir had no fear, and as soon as the fetter was on him, he snapped it off with a mighty kick. Hiding their fear, the gods brought forth a second, even stronger fetter. Fenrir agreed to test it in himself, wanting the fame of his strength to spread. He fought and strained against the second feather until it, it too broke. With this, the gods asked the dwarfs to make a magical fetter, which they called Gleipnir. Gleipnir was as thin as a ribbon, so Fenrir was dubious. He said he would try it on only if he was promised release and if a god placed a hand in his mouth. Only the god Tyr was brave enough. When Gleipnir was wrapped around him, Fenrir kicked and struggled but was unable to free himself. In his rage, he bit off Tyr's hand, and the gods, in revenge, stuck a sword in his mouth to keep it pried open. They then tied him to a giant rock, and to this day he waits to be freed and calls Ragnarok. Okay, quite dark story. So on the card we can see Fenrir actually kind of tied up and with the sword in his mouth. Mm -hmm. This is interesting. I mean, to kind of try to ground it back into your reading because that's the point here, right? Um, I feel like this could tie into my whole speech about like not letting the ego, your ego gets get the best of you because I think that when you meet this person or the idea of potential romantic love will come up like your fears will be activated, of course, and maybe even in the beginning of the relationship, it's not going to be just a one-time thing, right? Even when you get into a relationship, well, if you do, because it's up to you, but I probably think so. Even if you decide to be in a relationship with them and to accept their love, there's going to be different moments in the relationship where your fears are going to come up again, and you will be tempted to kind of lash out or to um, just act as a, in a defensive mechanism in a way that isn't healthy or productive. Or, I mean, or actions don't always, have, don't always have to be productive, but I meant, like, helpful. Um, and you might think this is life testing me. I have to remain um, celibate. Um, I have to deny myself this desire, this love that I'm feeling, this desire that I have for them to be with them romantically and sexually. 
or you might um you might think that this new partner this new person doesn't see how strong you are and you might kind of want to lash out at them sometimes to kind of test whether they would abandon you or not and um this is one of the challenges that you will have to overcome or start working through in order to accept their love, right? As we said. Let's get on to the next stories from the Ace of Cups in Reverse. This is Matsuo's Sake from uh, Japanese mythology. According to Shintoism, Japan is home to innumerable spirits or gods called kami. Some kami are smaller gods of tiny villages or specific crossroads. Some kami are larger gods of cosmic forces like the sun or moon, and some kami are whole mountains or significant rivers. Regardless of their importance, all kami gather once a year at Izumo Oyashiro Shrine for a month during the Kami Arizuki, or the month of the gods. While there, all the kami discuss important matters. For instance, this is when the kami of relationships, farming, and nation building called Okuni Nushi, decides the kinds of connections different people will have with each other for the following year. Interesting. But it is also when all the kami come together to celebrate with each other. One year, the kami Matsuo wanted to impress and delight the other gods, so he took rice from Arashiyama and water from Kyoto and brewed the very first sake. All the other kami loved it so much that it became the drink of the kami. Matsuo became the god of sake, and many breweries began to worship him. But more important, sake became one of the best offerings to give a kami. During festivals, people offer sake to kami in thanks and in celebration. The kami accept the gift and consecrate it so that the people can drink the sake and become even closer to the gods. Sake is used to banish evil and bless spaces, and it is even used in marriage ceremonies. Sake is so powerful that all dragons covet it. The warrior god Suzano-o was able to defeat the, the eight-headed Yamata no Orochi, who had captured the beautiful maiden Kushinada Hime by leaving out eight barrels of sake. Yamata no Orochi drank all of them and instantly passed out, allowing Suzano-o to kill him and rescue Kushinada Hime. Okay, beautiful. Again, at the end, something about... um being saved or you know not that like this person would save you because you don't need saving humans don't need saving but um someone get having your back and protecting you right it's okay to allow your some to allow yourself to want to be protected sometimes to want someone to support you and kind of come in when you're struggling with something but most of this most of this is a pretty fun and joyful story and um i feel like this could be about the fact that this is in reverse, this is the only card here that's in reverse from these from this deck. Again, like another obstacle or another fear that you will have to start working through is whether you're able to just allow yourself to relax and have fun with a romantic partner, right? Because as we said in, in the past, I think that you would often um, hide who you are and try to like pretend to be someone else, but also behave in some kind of way that you thought was necessary because that's what you were taught because that's what those past partners expected of you but um that's not necessary anymore so i feel like a something for you that could be challenging but that would be a really big sign that you're with the right person is whether you're able to just allow yourself to i don't know go out on a friday night and have a drink with them and have as much fun and be as as inhibited as you are when you are hanging out with your friends in a similar way Okay, 
yeah okay let's get to your last card this is the from the knight of cups right this is halibu the hunter from mongolia this is a mongolian legend on the mongolian steppes there are ones i don't know if that's how it's pronounced in english but you know s-t-e-p-p-e-s right there once was a hunter named halibu he was highly skilled and caught much game but he was also very kind-hearted readily sharing his meat with everyone <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry um no we're not we're not going second degree with that therefore he was widely respected the meat that he hunted right therefore he was widely respected one day while hunting he heard strange sounds and looked up to see a small creature in the beak of a fierce bird he shot the bird down with his arrow and was surprised to see a small snake-like creature freeing itself from the bird but he was even more surprised when the creature thanked him for saving her again saving something what the fuck is up with that do you have a Pisces Venus? <laughs> Pisces or like Venus in the 12th house? She said she was the daughter of the Dragon King and that if he followed her, the king would offer Halibu many treasures. She su suggested he ask for the stone in the king's mouth, a magical stone that would allow Halibu to understand the languages of all animals. Oh, well that's tempting. The princess took Halibu to her father and the Dragon King was delighted to see his daughter safe and offered Halibu any treasure he desired. The hunter decided he didn't need treasure, but he asked for the magical stone to understand the language of animals. The king was surprised, but agreed, on the condition that Halibu never tell anyone that what he heard the animals say, or he would be turned into a rock immediately. With the stone in his mouth, Halibu brought home even more game, but one day he heard a flock of birds discussing an upcoming disaster. They predicted that the mountain would collapse and the plane would flood that night, drowning everyone, including Halibu's home. Halibu dashed home to warn his people, but none of them would believe him, no matter how insistent he was. They said nothing was difficult and demanded proof. He reluctantly told them about the Dragon King, the mag magical stone, and the bird's conversation he overheard. As he spoke, he began to turn to rock, and when he finished, he had become completely solid. The stunned people believed him and hurriedly collected their things. They barely managed to escape before the mountain collapsed and the area flooded. To this day, the descendants of Halibu's people thank him and search for his rock. Oh, that's so sweet. I had never heard of that story before. I'm so glad it was included. Wow, okay. Again, there's something here about saving something, saving your people. So maybe this idea of self-sacrifice, not in an unhealthy way, right? But this idea that someone... someone could do something that isn't beneficial for them or might actually be challenging for them or take something away from them to help someone else out of good heart, out of, out of kindness, out of wanting to do the right thing. That could be something for you that is important, that is valuable, that you haven't experienced before in your past relationships. I don't know what this is about. Maybe you do. Maybe you were in a position in one of your past relationships where you needed saving or where you just needed your partner to kind of step in and have your back and they didn't and it was really painful. Um, but yeah. Okay. Do I want to pull these cards? What am I doing? Because... Okay. 
we have okay i'm pulling one card from the spirit animal oracle i'm not sure what these are for but i just felt called to pull these cards so bottom of the deck squirrel spirit believe in yourself and then i pulled two um Oh, okay, I know what these are for. So, okay, I think these represent the different spirit guides that are helping you to overcome these fears because potentially when we were reading these and I was telling you about that, maybe you're like, yeah, I know I have these fears, but how do I overcome them? Or, you know, who's going to help me do that? Uh, well, you have the crow spirit, number 17, co-create with spirit, and you have number, oh, number 16, interesting. They didn't even come out at the same time. Coyote spirit, trust in divine detours. Maybe they are like a duo maybe there's gonna be like a duo i don't know if it's the coyote and crow spirit but maybe in your spiritual team there's gonna be like a duo of spirit guides that kind of are in a relationship together or just have some kind of duality together or a partnership together that will help you with this um here's a protection message from crow spirit crow spirit wants to know why you think there is no magic in the world or do you believe that there once was but it ran out leaving nothing but ordinariness Although conditions have become challenging, you have no reason to believe that everything you've set an intention for will elude you. Right now, the outer world is shifting. Can you feel it? Maybe you are fretting about experiencing the results of some of your poor choices or judgment from the past. Crow Spirit is here to remind you that you can always course correct and get back on track. Maybe you've been hit by a loss or disappointment as a result of an event that had absolutely nothing to do with your manifesting, yet it has shaken you to your core. Crow Spirit asks you to trust that no matter the temporary conditions, things will right themselves very soon. The law of balance makes it inevitable, inevitable that this too shall pass. And the Coyote Spirit. Trust in divine detours. Sometimes a goal is so enticing and alluring that you lose your footing in the pursuit. You begin to fixate on capturing this prize. Whether it be an opportunity you have always wanted, a relationship with that elusive someone, or the promise of that big break, Coyote Spirit warns you, warns you that this trickster energy seducing you now will yield nothing but disappointment and unnecessary heartache if you let yourself be fooled. Great Spirit wants the best for you, so when your plans go topsy-turvy, know that Coyote Spirit is present to protect and bless you. Listen to her gentle warning not to take the world too seriously or become too attached to the form and timing of your desire. Something better is beckoning. If you learn your lessons and lighten your heart, it will not be long before you see that crooked, though the path may have been, you were on the right run one all along. Okay, maybe if you are throughout this reading wondering if this new special someone was going to be... um specifically someone that you are thinking about or that you've been thinking about this could be a sign that that's not who who that is i definitely think it's gonna be a new person for most of you so it again i think i think it's kind of gonna take you by surprise um who it's gonna be and again because we said that it might be a new person and that you might be friends with them first you might just think that they're just a friend even after hearing this reading and then a few weeks or months after knowing them you realize you have feelings for them or they confess that they have feelings for you or you kind of both realize like hey we could be in a relationship and then you're like wait what <laughs> okay anything else for yeah so i'm pulling some last cards here from 
the Threads of Fate Oracle. And this is, I'm. we're asking here about a message from your inner warrior, the part of you that's going to be taking action and, be, and being courageous to help you in this uh, whole situation, this process. So bottom of the deck, we have compassion. Yes, always having compassion for yourself and others. That's always important when you are kind of being hard on yourself. Turn, tune back into compassion. Um, we have share wisdom. This card is about the wisdom of experience. Our most potent medicine is born from the trials we have endured. It is easy to underestimate all that we know and all that we have learned, but we each have a unique perspective and offering to this world. Our wisdom evolves with us. Right now, you are being asked to speak more loudly about what you do know. Do not worry about what you don't know or whether you think you are qualified enough. It is time to put voice to all that you have experienced. Okay, awesome. You also have higher perspective. As people who do their internal and spiritual work, we are less likely to be bogged down by drama or reactiveness than we that we know doesn't truly matter. But being human means that there are times where we can't help it. Sometimes it is easy to stay in a higher perspective and see all the moving pieces as they truly are, but sometimes life and the people around us are very good at sucking us into a space of limited vision. This card is asking you to see whatever situation you are experiencing resistance with from a higher perspective. Okay, these seems like very straightforward cards of advice here for you, so I love that. You have the Magi, which says, the Magi indicates a period where you need to look deeper. It asks you to examine where you, what you think you know and then keep going. Throughout our lives, we build an infrastructure of beliefs that allow us to navigate life, but so often this system is built on top of a shaky foundation or out of weak materials. In other words, it is a time to question that which you have never noticed. What beliefs inform your decisions, passions, and ambitions? The Magi is a seer of illusion, and in turn they are able to cut through the fog and get to work. The Magi may see the world similar to a mirrored funhouse. They see the core of each experience and are able to acknowledge how many different realities exist in a single moment. Being able to see these many realities is a gift. It teaches us to be less attached to a single road, but instead see where all the roads meet. If we are courageous enough to see and be open to our life unfolding along any of the various roads, we invite in a magic that few get to experience. Even a balanced magi can frustrate people. They have some trickster energy in that they can see the bigger picture and may know the answer, but they will present the information to you in a way that may spin your head. They are gifted with words and everything they say can have multiple meanings. When, un when magi is unbalanced, they can be very manipulative and self-seeking. They may talk down to others as they believe themselves to be greater and more knowledgeable. Rather than present information meant to challenge others and the expectation that it will ultimately be empowering, the unbalanced magi will present information in a way that is meant to make the other person feel small. In fact, they may enjoy the fact that others don't understand. Okay, that last part is, of course, just um, warning not to fall into that. Maybe something that's happened to you. Other people have treated you this way. But, um, yeah, beautiful. I mean, you'll know what this means for you. This is an invitation to be more like this Magi archetype um, in, your, in your life in general. I love that I spoke of courage as well. I think this also means that 
regardless because maybe you're getting excited now or your your mind is kind of kind of whirling around that we now that we talked about this potential new partner because maybe it's the first time you hear about it in a reading you might want to look up all kinds of other readings or you might want to just figure out exactly how this is going to play out or with whom exactly this is going to be with before it plays out and sure maybe you'll find other readings where it will be insightful and you'll get more information but you'll never know everything you'll never be prepared mentally or logically for everything because you're meant to experience this with your heart and to be in the present moment when you meet them and to just go with the flow and allow yourself to experience the world and experience your life okay and wanting to know everything how everything is going to unfold before it even does is also a fear-based um, behavior thinking that if we are able to plan for any any situation that we'll be able to protect ourselves if we get disappointed but that's not true okay okay your last card is manifest this card signals a period of time where your manifestation work could be extra potent what you have been working toward is on its way to you if you feel anxious or obsessive it is time to release it and let the universe work some magic when we are working on manifesting it is important that we do the following we must be clear on what we want not what we don't want we imagine and visualize ourselves experiencing it. This means tapping into the feelings we would have if we did have it. After we have focused on it long enough, we must release it so it can be manifested. This card asks you to examine your process. Are you lacking clarity in your desires? Are you sending the universe mixed signals by focusing on what you don't want or what you lack? Are you too focused? Reflect on how you show up for your manifesting practice and make any adjustments that need to be made okay um so that's it libra that's it my loves that's where i'm gonna end your uh reading so i hope that this was helpful i hope that it was uh interesting and insightful and helpful that you enjoyed it if you did you can let me know by giving the podcast a five stars review or however many stars you want to give it um when you give um high reviews and strong reviews it really helps me out and also helps more people find the podcast if you think these would be helpful to more people feel free to share this podcast with people around you that you think would enjoy it as well check out your other signs if you want to see your cards just head over to my instagram and look through the highlights on my profile called podcast should be in there labeled with the episode number and libra courage reading um what else um if you'd like to become a subscriber access more content as explained earlier Go check all the links in the description. Everything I'm going to mention is going to be in there so you can become a subscriber. If you want to thank me monetarily but not on a monthly basis, you can also just send me a tip. Uh, no strings attached. And um, if you want to alchemize this even further um, and maybe work on some of these patterns, some of these beliefs about yourself and relationships, some uh, of these emotions that maybe have been brought up during the reading alchemize this even further i would love to have you as a one-on-one -on -one client i definitely think this was helpful for you i definitely think that we could uh work together and just unearth some even more beautiful things and um i think i could help you in your process so if you also feel this way and you like my vibe then check out my link and see what i'm currently offering and how to book all of that is within my um one-on-one -on -one session booking link but um yeah i think i said everything i wanted to say so follow the podcast for more follow me on instagram subscribe to me on youtube um but um yeah take care of yourself i'm sending you so much love and i'll see you next time bye